Hey, it's Pastor Kevin here. I just want to say thanks for stopping by and listening to Thrive Church's messages online today. We're excited that you have decided to join us in hearing God's Word. It's been amazing the past six and a half years what God has done at Thrive Church. We've been able to do ministry at what I call the speed of God, to see God do amazing things. We've been able to to launch multiple locations and also plant another church even in our own community that's autonomous. We've been able to give to missions. We've been able to help build houses and build churches around the world. We've even blessed church plants here in the metro Richmond area. And we've been able to do all this because of your generosity. We've been able to do ministry at what I call the speed of God. And so what we're doing from now until the end of the year, we're doing something called the Accelerate Offering, and you'll hear about that. And what that means is this. Someone asked me the other day about the vision for Thrive Church. I began to share the vision of Thrive Church, and then they asked me, when will this be accomplished, you think? And I had to pause, and I said, you know what? We will never be able to outrun our resources and do what God's called us to do without the proper resources. And so we're asking um, each attendee attendee or, or, or person that's listening today online, here's what we're asking. We're asking that you would pray and ask God how you could help accelerate the vision of God for 2019. We're asking you to pray and ask God to move on your heart on what you should do. We're only able to do what we do because of generosity. And we've been a generous church because we have generous people in our church. And so we believe that our best year is ahead of us in 2019. We believe that God wants to do amazing things. We saw 68 people water baptized in 2018. We believe God wants to do more in 2019. We believe that God wants to help other church plants and help missionaries around the world. And that's going to happen by us all engaging the mission of God by generosity. So if you will, stop by www.thrivechurch.me. That's thrivechurch.me. And there's different ways you can give. And I want you to pray about partnering with this ministry so people can hear about Jesus around the world. Well, I hope you enjoy today's message. And I pray that it encourages you and it blesses you as you continue to take next steps in your faith journey. Well, Merry Christmas Thrive Church. And to all those joining us online today, how are we doing this morning? All right, man. It's good to have you guys with us. Uh, I have an honest confession to make. Before my wife and I actually officially started dating, I did something wrong. And here's what I did. We were on a mission trip helping lead students. And on that mission trip, we, for the one day we had off, we went to somewhere called Wakula Springs, Florida. So it's nice, really cold springs. It's, a, it's just an awesome place to go. And there's this really huge platform that you jump off. And so we're sitting there and everybody's jumping off of it. It's 15 feet high. I'm scared of heights. But she said, I'll jump with you if you want to go. We'll do it together. I said, okay, that sounds good. Pinky promise. Now, I don't know about you, but to her, a pinky promise is something serious, right? To women it is. So we get to the edge of the platform. We count one, two, three, and I do this here. And I watch her go all the way down going... Like that look on her face, I'll never forget it. And she was so upset that I broke the pinky promise. She's here today and she will tell you she's still upset to this day. It's just something uh, inside of her. She's like, how could we build our relationship on a foundation of a broken pinky promise? (laughs) Well, in our lives, maybe you don't have a, a, a funny story about a promise broken, but so many times in our lives, things are built around promises. And maybe it's from a person or from whatever, a job. 
But there's times when someone promises something or an organization promises something and then you're waiting for it to be delivered in your life. It's the same way with the promises of God. Like you're like, God, what are you doing? Like, you know, I know that you promised me this, but I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, let me explain it this way since it's Christmas season. Amazon. How many of you guys actually used Amazon for your Christmas shopping? That is amazing. You are the smart one. So hopefully you're not trying to order it today and hopefully it'll be here for Christmas as that ain't happening. But here's what happens. You place the order and it takes the money from your account and then you can track that order, right? And you know when it says delivered and that's so concrete. But could you imagine waiting and waiting and waiting for years for a package that's still on the way? That's what it feels like when you're waiting for a promise to be fulfilled in your life, for something to happen. For me, I like food. Here's my illustration. It's like the Domino's app. And no, Domino's nor Amazon sponsors this message today. But I love the Domino's app because when you hit that button to order your pizza, or order your sub, or order whatever, it tells you order is placed. It is in the oven. I love that. Getting prepared. I know the progress of it, guys. I've been through this enough. And it's on the way. And then it tells you when it's been delivered. But could, I, could you imagine having a pizza in the oven for like two hours? Like, they're going to burn that thing to a crisp. Where is it at? And so many times in life, that's how it feels with praying. That's how it feels with God's promises personally. There's things you're just waiting on and waiting on and waiting on. You're like, it should have been delivered by Thursday and it's not here yet. And this is difficult. And that's what we struggle with sometimes. See, if you've just joined us today, we're in a series called The Ghost of Christmas Past. And here's what we've been looking at. We've been looking at emotions that can actually sink, not only Christmas, that sink our lives. We looked at the first week, we looked at overcoming offense. And that if you live angry and bitter and holding on the grudges, it's going to cripple your spiritual maturity. The second week, when we had Snowmageddon 2018, we actually uh, dealt with shame. And then we hold on to shame and don't receive the forgiveness that Jesus gives. What happens is we believe we're something that we're not. And then last week, we dealt with labels on how many times in our lives, people label us one way, but God wants to relabel us another way. Today, what I want to do, you can turn your copy of God's Word to Genesis chapter 12. I want to talk to you about God's promises and that God's promise still stands. And here's today's big idea. I want you to write this down in your notes. That the story of Christmas is the story of our good God who kept his promise. The story of Christmas is the story of our good God who kept his promise. Every time you look at a manger scene, every time you see a tree, every time you see presents, every time you see the little cute plays that kids do, I want you to think about that big idea because what you're celebrating and what we're celebrating during this season is the story of our good God who kept his promise to Israel. As a matter of fact, the backdrop of Genesis chapter 12 is, is this. We're going to look at Abraham. You're like, man, that's not a Christmas passage. Well, you can't start at Christmas. You can't start at the birth of Christ to understand God's promise. You've got to go back thousands of years before that when God shows up to a guy named Abraham and promises him something really great. If you can think of it this way, that's when the package was ordered, right? It was delivered when Jesus came. But there's a lot of time in between. I want you to look at Genesis 12. 
And what God says, says this man named Abram, thousands of years before Christ was ever born, says the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now that just, if you've heard that before, you're like, oh yeah, that, that's so simple. Well, here's the deal. In Abram's day, or Abraham's day, his name got changed later, you literally, everybody worshipped different gods. There was nobody believed there was one true living God that was the right way. And so this one true living God shows up and Abraham has to go to his dad and say, Hey dad, I know that our whole life has been built upon all these gods. But the one God showed up to me and told me we're wrong and this is not right. And for me to leave and go to a land that he's going to show me. His dad's going to be like, boy, you lost your mind. <laughs> But that's exactly what he did. And I want you to look what God promises Abram and what he promised us and what he promised Israel and even the world. He says in verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Read that last part one more time. He says, watch this, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's a huge promise. Could you imagine God saying, everybody on earth will be blessed through you? That is big. But that's what God said to Abraham. And here's what he meant. That I'm going to send Messiah through the generations, through your family line, to Israel and to the world. And so this promise was made in Genesis 12. And as you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is all about Jesus and the promise of Jesus coming. So Israel is waiting and Israel is waiting. They go into exile. They're in slavery. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting for thousands of years. And then you get to the point and we celebrate this, what we call birth of Christ, Christmas season. The promise got delivered. But here's where Israel was at, and this is so important. They were at a place for 400 years they had not heard God speak. After Malachi to Matthew, and you get to that middle point of your Bible, there's 400 years God's silent. He's not saying a thing. And during that time, Israel felt that maybe God had forgotten them. They got stale in their religion. They began to go through the motions. And they had just settled to the fact that Rome is just going to rule us. We're going to be slaves to Rome now. And there'll be no way out of this. And it was in their darkest time, God had been silent for 400 years, that he sends his son Jesus. And that's what we celebrate. And I want you to look at John's gospel, John 1.14. You can write this in your notes. This is John's account of the Christmas story. Some of you are saying, oh, wait, 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 wait. John doesn't have an account of Christ's birth. That's just Matthew and Luke. Mark and, and, and John didn't really have an account. I want you to look at John 1.14 because he does have an account. And it's in one sentence that he does the whole birth of Christ. And he says this. He says, so the word became human or the word became flesh and made his home among us. Literally. What John said was package delivered from heaven. It is on your doorstep. The driver has delivered the pizza. Do you understand what I'm saying? The promise for generations has been fulfilled through Jesus. And then John goes on to say this here. 
He says, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. See, the Christmas story is the story of our good God who kept his promise to them. In their darkest time, when they thought God had forgotten them, he sends his one and only Son. And let me say this today, you and I have a lot more in common with Israel than we think we do. Because some of you are walking through dark times. Some of you are walking through situations in your life where you're wondering if God has forgotten you. When will the promise come? When will God answer this prayer? And you're in a season right now wondering if God's going to deliver. And I want to tell you, God just didn't keep his promise to Israel, but he still keeps his promises today in our lives. I want you to understand that as well. And he wants that for you. Because see, some of you today are praying and you're waiting for God to bring a wayward child back into your life and back into faith with Jesus. That child has strayed and you're praying, God, will you do that? And you see the child running harder in the opposite direction. You're wondering, God, will you ever answer that prayer? Well, God, will you deliver on the promise? Some of you are praying for your marriage to be healed. You know for years something's been wrong. And you're asking God to deliver on his promises. And you're waiting on that. And it seems like the pizza is just going to stay in the oven. (laughs) When will it get in my belly? When will it show up to the doorstep? You're waiting on the promise to be delivered. Some of you are praying for a loved one who's dealing with addiction. Or maybe you're dealing with addiction. And you're praying and asking God to show up in that area. And you're saying, God, where are you? I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. And you're not seeing anything. And still there's others of you today that maybe you're asking God for healing over yourself or a loved one because you're struggling with a sickness in your body and you're not seeing the results and you're wondering, God, will you deliver on your promise? And I want to encourage you today that God still keeps his promises. You know, Daniel, who's one of the Old Testament heroes, was in Babylon in a very tough situation in a foreign land who hated God. And he prayed. And it says that 21 days later, this angel shows up to Daniel. And the words from the angel's mouth is this. From the first day you prayed, I heard you. There was a gap between the delivery and the prayer. Now, this is only 21 days. Some of us have waited a lot longer. But I want to tell you this, and I'm here to tell you this on Christmas uh, services here at Thrive, is that God has heard your prayer from the first day that you prayed, and he will deliver on his promises in your life. And it's up to us to trust him when things are at their toughest point. I remember in my life, one of the toughest things was... My brother almost died. Now, uh, I went to Oklahoma City for my master's program, and I flew out there. And my wife and I were in college at that point, so we were very broke. We had onset ADD. It's called so broke you can't pay attention. (laughs) Some of y'all know about that. Some of you will get that at lunch, and then you'll laugh. And so we, we, we flew out to Oklahoma City. I'm taking this class. She went with me. And as we're out there, my mom calls and says, hey, your brother had a serious stroke. Um, I think it even may be an aneurysm. He was only 38, 39 at that point. He's 10 years ahead of me. And she said, we'll keep you posted. But that's all I heard. And I didn't know anything about medical stuff. Strokes, aneurysms, I, I didn't know. I had no clue what that meant. But I knew something had to be a little serious with it. 
The mom said, no, 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 you stay out there because if I left that class, it'd be two more years if I could take it again. And she said, you, you just stay out there. Everything's going to be okay. But what I didn't know was the doctor came and met with mom and dad. She said, uh, the doctor said, your son only has a few days to live at best. And if he does miraculously recover, he'll never be the same again. And uh, it was maybe a day later at 11 o'clock at night, it's on a Tuesday night, my brother opened his eyes up and started talking to my mom and dad. Like, what's going on? Why am I here? What's happening? Like, he just totally... And, and so my mom calls my grandmother the next day. And she tells my grandmother what happened. And my grandma said, Shook! Oh, Lord! She said, 11 o'clock at night? I was on my knees praying. At 11 o'clock, I was crying out of God. Because she hadn't told, she hadn't told mom how serious... Um, mom hadn't told grandma how serious it was. Grandma had no idea that my brother may die. And she got on her knees, got up from her bed and prayed. And at the exact time she was praying, God answered that prayer. And my brother woke up and he has all his mental faculties. And he is good today. Now I want to tell you, in the darkest time when I'm going through a tough situation, I look back on that. And the same God my grandma served, and she's in heaven with him now, is the same God that you and I serve. And he will deliver on his promises for our life. And we have to trust him in that. Matter of fact, I like what Paul said to a church in Corinth. It was amazing. He said, he wrote to this church that he planted, and he wanted to come back and see them again. And he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. He says, you may be asking why I changed my plan. Paul had to change plans to go to them. He says, do you think I made my plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? He's like, look, y'all, I plan. I got my stuff together. Verse 18, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. He says, we're not shady. We're not shaky. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one who silenced Timothy and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Paul was saying, in Christ, all the promises of God have been fulfilled. What Israel waited for for years was delivered on the day which we celebrate and call Christmas, which is the birth of Christ. And can I tell you that God's promises are yes for you as well. And here's what I want you to do when you leave here, when you go out with your family, and even as you go into 2019, I want you to write this down. Here's the action step I want you to take. I want you to trust God's promises for your life. No, 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 it sounds simple. But write this down. Trust God's promises for your life. One of the things I want you to leave with here at Thrive, one of the maxims I'm going to teach over and over and over is this, is that you can trust God no matter what. Our God is a trustworthy God no matter what you face. And so there are three areas I want you to focus on trusting God in. Three areas, three areas. I want you to write this down. Here, here's the first one. Trust God's promise in your darkest times. Trust God's promise when it's darkest. That's when it's hardest. Because you can't see it. Just like Israel. 400 years of silence. They're in subjection to Rome. It didn't look like anything that God had said to them. 
And there was a lady named Mary and a man named Joseph who dared to trust God in Israel's darkest time. And we have Jesus because of that because they trusted God. And I want you in your darkest time to pause and trust God. You know, the other day I was thinking about this and my son, I was, he's three and a half and I was walking him to the bedroom. As I was walking him to the bedroom, he said, Dad, it's dark and I can't see and I'm scared. Will you turn a light on? And of course, I wasn't really near a light or anything. I said, just grab on my hand and hold it and I'll lead you to the bed. And he did. And when I got to the bed and I let him there safely, I turned the light on for him. I got to thinking about this. That's how kind of it is with God sometimes. We want God to turn a light on in our situation. And God says, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll hold your hand all the way through it. And I'll lead you to where you need to go if you'll trust me. And I'll get you to a place that I've called for you to go. And when you get there, then I'll turn the light on. Because here's why God does that. He wants to walk in the journey with us. He doesn't want to just give us answers. He doesn't want to just answer prayers. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. So there are times when he doesn't turn the light on, grab on to daddy's hand in your darkest times and trust him that he's going to guide you. Here's the second area that you've got to trust God in. Trust God over your past failures. Trust God over your past failures. Many times we think that our failures are bigger than God. Matter of fact, here's what we say. I guess I let God down. You ever felt that way before? I just let the Lord down. Can can I tell you a secret? You can never let God down. You know why? Because you were never holding him up. (laughs) Your sin and my sin will never be greater than the cross of Christ. And if you're here today thinking you've gone too far and you've done too much, you're just a despicable, nasty person. Well, yeah, we all are. But you know what? Jesus' cross and the forgiveness that he offers through the death, burial, and resurrection is greater than any failure that you've ever had in your life. And it takes us trusting God's promise over those failures because his promise is greater than any failure you've ever had in your life. Matter of fact, I like what Paul said to a church in Philippi. He was writing a letter to them. He was in jail and he was going through a tough time. He writes this letter and here's what he says. He says, be confident in this very thing that Christ Jesus will finish the work that he began in you. And I want you to be encouraged. If God started the work, he's going to finish the work. If the order was made on this date, there may be some process, but God will deliver in your life if you will be patient. Trust God over your past failures. He is greater than anything that you're facing. And don't think you're worthless to the kingdom of God because you've got issues. You're at a church today that we all got issues, honey. Just some of y'all hide it a lot better than others. You thought your halos would be shining, but they're, they're really not shining even in the dark, right? So trust God in that area. And here's the final place we're going to trust God. Trust God's promise for your future. You say, oh, that's so easy. I am AP honors. I have graduated from this, Kevin. I am. Oh, you have. Okay, okay, pause for a second. Then why do you worry so much? Because when it comes to trusting God's promise for the future, here's the antithesis of that. That's called worry. If you're like me, do some of you wake up in the middle of the night and just worry about random things in the future? I'm glad one person does. The rest of y'all, I need you to be my counselors, right? <laughs> and there's times I'm just like worried about what about this? What about that? What about this? And anytime I let worry take over, can I tell you a secret? It's because I'm not trusting God in an area for my future. I'm just not trusting them. 
And it sounds so simple, you can miss it, that you have to trust God's promise for your future. You have to believe for yourself that he has plans for you. And he's got a path for you. And even though you can't see it, even though it doesn't make sense, even though you're a failure, that you're going to trust him with your future. And one thing I do know is this. I don't know how your situation is going to turn out. My brother had a miraculous healing. I've had family members who didn't have that. I've had things go well and things not go well. But I can still trust God no matter what. You know why? Because even though sometimes the chapter may end bad, the end of the book is written. And what we celebrate at Christmas is not just for our future, is not just a baby in a manger, but we also simultaneously have to look at the fact that Jesus will come again. And even though some of the things that we're believing for may not happen in the way that we see it, he will come again. He's come to judge the living and the dead and he will make all things right. If you've been wrong and you think injustice has happened and people are getting away with things, let me tell you, no, they're not, honey, because Jesus will come back and he will set things in order. So here's what we do every year at Christmas at Thrive. We have candles when you came in that were in your seat. And you probably had to hold some of them the whole time that I've been preaching, right? Here's what we do. We light candles every year, the Advent candles. But we just don't light it saying, man, God, thank you that you sent your son. We also light them saying, God, thank you that he will come again and I can trust you no matter what with my future. And that's what we do. Believing that Jesus will come again. And so what we're going to do is our bands are going to come up and they're going to lead us in a song. And, and our ushers, this is unique now, get ready. And you guys on the end of the road, congratulations. You have a very big task. Because they're going to light your candle. And you're going to light the candle of the person next to you. And here's why. Because we have the responsibility to encourage each other to trust God no matter what. And during this Christmas season, you're going to have the ability to do that. You're going to light somebody else's candle when they're going through a tough time. So if you, you will stand to your feet this morning. And our ushers will come and begin to light the candles. And you light each other's candle and hold it there and let's sing and I'll come up and give further instructions. Thank you.